0: Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It's officially that time of year, folks. Time for us to run back one of our favorite segments here on the Cracked Interviews Podcast. We have officially reached the NCAA Sweet 16. As such, we are officially ready to unveil our Cracked Rackets Sweet 16 press row, where I will attempt to speak with one representative from every remaining Division I team still alive in that NCAA team event. Now, in the past, we've tried to speak with head coaches exclusively. I wanted to mix things up. We've been so fortunate to speak with so many of these head coaches, not just in the past, but in this 2023 season in particular, that again, I wanted to hear a different perspective on where each of these teams currently sit entering this Sweet 16 weekend. As such, yes, you'll hear from from some head coaches, but you'll also hear from some assistant coaches. You'll hear from some players over the next few days on this podcast as, again, I try to prepare all of us college tennis fans for the start of the NCAA Sweet 16. Before we get to today's episode, have to give a massive shout out to the support we get from our friends at Turner who not only support this podcast, they support each and every week's episode of The Deciding Point and support tennis players everywhere by providing, simply put, the best grip available on the market. There's a reason all of us as tennis fans can identify a Turner grip on someone's racket. That iconic trademark blue color, it glistens on each and every tennis court. It's utilized, of course. It's also the best in the business, the most durable. It gets tackier as you sweat. And now they've got the latest iteration of their Turner grip, as well as Turner has unveiled. Turna Tough, it's just a better version of that Turner Grip all of us has come to love. You can, of course, find Turner Grips wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. And look, the next time you got to change your grip, know that Turna not only provides the best in the business, they support our podcasts here as well. So the least we can ask you to do is support them. Also, a massive shout out to our friends at Turna. Be sure to check out the latest iteration, the Turna Tough Grip today. With that said, let's get to it. Here is an episode from our twenty twenty-three NTAA Sweet Sixteen Press Row.
1: The man of scene's
0: Joining us on the podcast once again today is a man I can now proudly call a returning champion. Here on our Crack Racket Show. Of course, his team has been one of the best storylines of the 2023 college tennis season as they just continue to accomplish firsts in program history. The most recent is the program reaches its first Sweet 16 after victories this weekend. 4-0 over Drake, 4-1 over Wisconsin. Of course, if all of those accolades weren't enough, it also helps that he's got the best name in all of college tennis. Let's welcome back. To our show, head coach of the Iowa State women's tennis team, Boomer Sia. Coach, good morning. How are you doing today?
1: Good morning, Alex. I'm doing amazing. So thank you for having me. It's a privilege.
0: Oh, it is always a pleasure to speak with you, and yeah, I mean, let me just say, it is always a joy for me every weekend to just see a new tweet from the Iowa State Women's Tennis Program that is just like, yeah, another first. It's the first May we've won four consecutive matches at four singles, and it's like just another first there, and you know, I'm curious for you just personally, what's that been like, the whirlwind of the emotions of this season?
1: It's been really cool. I mean, I think it's, um, it's motivating, you know, all of, uh, I think this team loves making history. And so rolling up our sleeves each week and getting the opportunity to do so. I think that's where it's kind of like a special, unique situation here with um, not as maybe much tradition historically. So uh, there is a lot in front of us. And so I think we we enjoy that, but also at the same time, you try to take a step back and not think about it too much. I think maybe as we get into June, I'll really try to uh, appreciate this whole season. But I try not to get too too ahead of myself as as are the players. But we've enjoyed it. it it's been such a special group, man. Just coming to work every day, um, it, it's neat. And so I've I've uh, it's been a privilege, man. And so I, I feel special, feel lucky. Uh, to be in the situations we are, and uh, let's go roll the dice on Friday.
0: No, absolutely, and it feels like it's been step-by-step as well. Every year there's some sort of progress for your program, and I know you guys are trying to keep that perspective while also focusing on the moment. That said, you know, watching your team celebrate that 4-1 victory over Wisconsin. It's not always you get a court rush in a 4-1 win. That said, you know, again, to watch the girls rush, you've had a lot of moments like that this season. But to guide this program to the Sweet 16 for the first time, what does that say about this group? What does that mean to you all?
1: Um, I I tell you what, the... There's probably nothing better as a coach than watching your players who have put in all that time that have had good moments and bad. And you just see the look on those kids' faces of pure joy. Uh, man, it brings you to tears, right? Because it's what you work for every day to feel that feeling. And so when you get experienced that once, let alone multiple times throughout a season, Uh man, it it does. It fills you up. It's why you get out of bed in the morning and and I get to go to work, right? So um I shouldn't even call it work, but um man, it's it's awesome. It's been a journey for this group to you know start that kickoff, our first ever kickoff and do what they did, and then to parlay that into indoors and then have a really quality seven and two season of Big 12s, and then oh my my gosh, we made a sweet 16. So Um, I've just been proud of of, uh, the responsibility they've taken uh, with with all this momentum and just using that each weekend. And uh, man, it's it's been really neat, but nothing will trade that 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 look that feeling of of just pure joy watching uh, your players celebrate.
0: Yeah, and you know, this weekend specifically, you guys obviously were able to get four oh, four one victories. You're having a lot of you know, a lot I think it was six straight sets, singles wins, but I saw a stat that you guys are now nineteen and one when you've taken the doubles point. And I got the chance to watch Wisconsin at the Big Ten Championships. That's a really good doubles team. You guys give them the business. I mean, again, it was what? A 6-2 win at one, a 6-2 win at, or excuse me, a 6-1 win at two. That's a tongue twister for you. But talk to me about, you know, I know you don't have the biggest roster, and yet you've been pretty consistent in your doubles pairings all season long. Is that something you anticipated would be the case? And how do you feel about your team's level in doubles heading into this Sweet Sixteen?
1: Yeah, I mean, when we took over, uh, we put a high premium on doubles, playing quality doubles across all three positions. And my dad was a football coach. And I, uh, you know, when he took over football teams, he's like, hey, we want to get better fast, get better special teams. So I took the same approach to doubles. And, you know, I think you're starting to see a little more of the fruits of your labor of like the teaching of doubles. Um, I don't want to necessarily call it a system, but it's more just style style of play. We might not go Simon Earnshaw on them, but at the same <laughs> at the same time. Um, yeah, it's a big emphasis on our program because it's such a big point in any close match. So I think we scrambled a lot this fall of playing different pairings at many different tournaments. Um, it just kind of happened. Um, but, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And so we've, we've started out really well in doubles and we've just tried to ride that momentum. And, you know, as well as I do, you start getting comfortability with a partner when they're moving, when to fill in things like that. Um, And it's going really well. Let's just ride that momentum, but uh, it's been neat. It's, it's such a big point and it was monster on, on last Saturday when we played Wisconsin, they're so well coached. They're built again, a lot like us, At each spot, they're extremely tough in doubles and singles. And um, for us to come out and set that tone early, uh, we did a terrific job. So hoping we can do the same uh, this coming weekend.
0: That special teams comparison is one I'm going to steal moving forward because I think that's a (laughs) fascinating comp. And I know we've talked about this before, but when you're coaching that doubles, are you coaching energy or tactics more? Because I swear to God, it's just a 40-minute sprint
1: absolutely no it it is it is more energy making sure we're doing the right things you probably you've seen our warm-up right i I, the work the work is done at that point right let's get hyped um let's get ourselves in the right mindset and then you know we might make an adjustment or two mid-match but at the end of the day uh, i want our approach to be the same and have people adjust to us uh not the other way around so it's for us it's a little more of a hype uh hype thing i would say
0: yeah it's working for whatever it's worth. And, (laughs) you know, again, you guys have found multiple pathways to four all season long. That said... Certainly when it's crunch time, you know, it's our job to say, well, who are the reliable spots? What are the things we know are going to happen? And one thing we've known all season long is that Katalikova is going to get a victory regardless of where she's playing. And I think I saw she now has the single season record in total singles victories for the program. She also has it in doubles as well. Some scholars would argue that's not too bad in terms of total record book performance uh, for her. And I'm curious because, again, I'm sh- I know there were – pieces of success in the past what's all come together for her this season that allows you to put up a record like 19 and 4 in dual match play
1: yeah I mean she's been a a pretty good staple in our in our lineup right even from freshman year um so she brings a great element so wherever she plays you know whatever spot uh you you can trust her style of play and that she's going to bring a certain level and give herself a really good chance and so that's you you probably need that, right? Like if you're going to do special things, you got to have players like herself um, step up in those spots. And I I think I like that most about our team is you you nailed it. You don't know where those four are going to come from. I love that we don't have probably the number one ranked player in the country or number one ranked doubles team. Um, And we're, we're a true team. And so it could come from anywhere and you look through our, our wins, everybody stepped up in big moments. And so that's, that's probably the coolest thing as a coach. You're not relying on one um, or two players, but let alone the whole team. Uh, But yeah, I I think with that said, you do have some, some, uh, we'll say solid spots at the lineup that, that, that have produced. So she, she's done a terrific job. What a kid. Uh, Yeah. We wouldn't be where we are uh, today without her.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the stats for this season, and I'm seeing a lot of continuity. Like That's the theme. It feels like you've played a lot of players in the same spot all season long. And I guess, is that something, as because you have an older group, you have a really experienced group, and I'm sure that's a luxury of this 2023 season. But what has led to that choice? Because again, it's been a pretty, con- you know, people know what to expect when the Cyclones are coming on court.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think some coaches get so heavily involved in matchups and X's and O's and switch. And, um, this year I took a different approach. I mean, I think we have made one change at the three, four spot, but everybody else has stayed pretty, uh, pretty steady through there. And for us, I wanted them to know exactly where they're going and not, um, uh, you know, take one element of the thinking out of it. Uh, but, we've again, it kind of goes back to the doubles pairings of like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And a lot of them have done a great job at their spots. And I think we just trust them. And so um, maybe, maybe, um, you know, other coaches might have a different approach, but we've just, we've tried to ride that momentum. It's probably nothing special. You can get into the trenches and, and overthink things. And we've just, you know, maybe that's just one less thing to think about as a, as a coach or player that uh, we've just continued to ride.
0: Yeah, no, I'm sure, again, it's been, it's easy, I'm sure, to make those decisions when everyone's having success in all of these spots, and you say, let's just keep rolling out the balls and play, and, you know, I'm sure something you were preparing for, perhaps, but not expecting, was this opportunity to host the Sweet 16 this upcoming weekend, and I guess it's a bit of a tangent, but I know you're a fan of college tennis, and I'm just curious, because I think you guys had won a little bit earlier in the day are you watching Duke UCLA and like, what's your reaction as that upsets unfolding and you're going, Oh my God, like we might freaking host.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely watched that beginning to end. I was in my living room with my family. And so, um, that was a wild match. And I, you know, I'm thinking to myself as, uh, UCLA is, is a much improved team. I mean, Stella and Rance have done a tremendous job from that team in January to, uh, to the last few weeks beating Pepperdine and Duke. And so we absolutely will have our hands full, but uh, it is amazing to have it names. Um, so I will tell you what, I was super excited, not necessarily, oh, hey, we have the rematch with UCLA, but we get to stay home and we get to play in front of our fans. And so what an opportunity uh, for our for our players and kids to go make a final sight. And um, I think we're ready just to roll up our sleeves and, and get to work and see where the cards may fall.
0: You participated in final sites while at Vanderbilt, Texas Tech that were Sweet 16s were at the final site. How does your preparation change given that that match is at home?
1: Yeah, it's different right And so we're navigating uh you know you you're getting ready to book flights yeah. to potentially go to so, Durham and now just it's a like...
0: tangent did you book a flight because I was thinking in my head, like <laughs> they might have booked it already and are they gonna be like oh my God we have to cancel.
1: We 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 did not, you know. I've been uh, maybe wise in my fifth year, and so <laughs> let things play out, and then uh, then make a move. So uh, no, we yeah, you got to pivot. I think our team is pretty good. Like we uh just the way things have unfolded uh there are different times throughout the year where it's like hey we pivot we're going to go this way so um i think they've handled a uh, different uh, changes really well and so this one to me is a positive change and i think everybody could get behind but um yeah that was that was a heck of a match on friday night to uh uh, I think yeah, I remember you calling it, and so you were you were pretty jazzed as well. That was that was an unbelievable college tennis match.
0: No, uh, you just don't see 3-0 deficits overcome every day, <laughs> to say the least. Incredible and, stuff. And I mean, again, I guess more broadly, is it an advantage to have? I mean, not just to be able to host that match at home, but traveling on the road and, you know, again, preparing at a final site versus preparing at a home match. What, which of those Sweet 16 formats do you prefer?
1: Yeah, I think as you get into uh, changing the individuals to the fall, mm-hmm. I would love to see the Sweet 16 come back to final site. Do you make a whole week event out of it? Well, similar to the College World Series or softball Um World Series in Oklahoma City, I think you can make a tremendous event um, out of uh, a week-long team event uh, for tennis. So uh, to me, it was always, you know, growing up, you make a Sweet 16, there's something legit about that, you know? And so it's awesome that we get a host, but whether you're you're traveling or uh, or, or hosting, I, I think everybody would probably feel the same that, man, it, it's pretty special when you play it on a neutral ser- neutral site. Uh, neutral court in, in the same spot as the energy of that with men's and women's in the same location. Uh, it's special. And so I'm hoping that we transition. Uh, this is my own personal belief, but I hope we transition back to that because there's something special. You make a sweet 16 Um, that, that's neat. And, and I'd love to see that transition back.
0: No, it's, I, it, I, especially with the fall, ch- uh, the fall individual championships, you just have more time to play with. And, yeah. you know, again, Playing the Sweet 16 there through the individuals, now you're in whatever site for a month. And it's nice when it's Florida because <laughs> there's no income tax. So it's like, you know, I'll save a little money in all of our pockets. Um, but other places, it's not as luxurious. Uh, do you monitor the rankings? Like, Were you someone who was saying, hey, like, let's go get a top eight, let's go get a top eight? Because one of my stupid theories coming off of this year is, is I'm starting to learn the math game behind the scheduling, and it's just becoming clearer to me. And looking at where you were all season long, looking at where, like, a team like Stanford was or whomever it may be, people in that top eight race, I'm starting to wonder why, like, if I was a coach, would I just keep two dates in my back pocket and be like, hey, Audra Cohen, just for example – Do you want to have a tentative like April, Friday open that way if both, you know, because a loss isn't going to hurt either of us. We're both top 11, but a win could help us both. Is that something you're monitoring, you're thinking about throughout the year?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think you're paying attention to all those things. I, you know, I think uh, when I first took over this job and we started making our first tournament Mm -hmm. um, the rabbit hole that is college tennis ranks, man, I can, I can get you, (laughs) right? You know, you play, you can spend a few hours on that. But Mm -hmm. um, I think that's something you you do. You pay attention to. And um, what kind of team do you have? What position are you in? Because we've been on the bubble of making the tournament. Okay, maybe this year we're on the bubble of of hosting or being a top eight seed. Like, how does that all play out? Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, I'm very open to keeping a a date there because that could – that regardless of who you schedule that could be game-changing um so um i i think that's very open for uh for debate but um i think if you're if you're keeping your options open um you're going to benefit from it whatever that might be maybe somebody way smarter than me might see uh (laughs) see something else that's an opportunity right but uh you try to put together a schedule that is gonna is gonna help you make a tournament, right? Your nine best wins, and so how do you, along with your conference, mix that, give yourself a really good opportunities in non conference as well as how do you stay above that lovely 500 rule, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, to to me, I think you you just try to navigate all of those, but you always keep your head on a swivel. If you if you're too fixed in your ways, uh, that could come back to bite you. So keep keep your uh, mind open, I'd say.
0: Yeah, and I know, again, like you put it out well, it's not just top eight or top 16 seed. If you're like, I mean, it's a bad example. I guess the SMU men would be the best example who are floating at like 50 and maybe they call Dustin Taylor's Oklahoma State and it's like, hey, let's play because same deal. Who cares? It's just the win helps one of us, so let's do it. That said, I know you have to lock in that schedule early. I also know you have to balance individual dates as well. Are you are you closely monitoring those individual rankings as well? Because I know it's more prominent, maybe on the men's side, with the announced wild card opportunities that are going to be given. But I'm sure you want to get your individuals in as well.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, what I mean, I think we take the approach of of like, what tournaments can we play in the fall to give every single one of our players that opportunity to jump in the rankings, uh, be give them at least a chance to to make that season right and so um hopefully the schedule you put together in the spring will also complement that and give um everybody else a, a chance a little bit harder for maybe your three through six to get those same opportunities in the spring but hopefully uh in the fall they they would have had those proper opportunities as well so um it's it's uh it's always tricky. You know, you never know how the every season might play out or you might schedule a year and a half. It's like, this will be a great match. And, you know, maybe you're not as good or they're not as good. So it's a little projection uh, a little bit. But I think if you just keep coming back to the theme of giving your players opportunities and the individuals and giving your team opportunities uh, in the spring, you know, you probably can't go wrong.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, with the fall schedule changing, have you already started to re-examine what you're going to do this fall? Like, is that something where – I know this fall is technically a normal fall, but obviously the 2024 fall will not be. Are you guys going to change your approach at all this upcoming season? Are you as a coach just going to have to start adjusting?
1: I think so. I think it's something that you just start, like, looking into, you know, and um, it might be more of, like, a five – Five fall tournament type of deal to give uh, them chances to make the NCAA individuals. Right. And so um, I, I would want that for, a, whether it's an incoming freshman or returning senior. Um, yeah. And so I think you got to make sure you're giving them proper opportunities. Out, You know, you don't want to just give them one at regionals, you know, you want to give them probably two or three chances at that thing. So um, I think, yeah, that'll be an interesting thing to navigate. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. Me personally, I'm excited about the move to the fall uh, because I think uh, having the opportunity again to have that Sweet 16 all at one site. I hope that's the uh, the way uh, the way we trend and go. But uh, to me, that that's what makes it really cool just to have the team season and individual season.
0: Well, speaking of the Sweet 16, let's talk about that matchup now. You guys get a rematch with UCLA, a team you guys beat to really send a message to the College Tennis Universe that the Cyclones were here to stay. That was a 4-3 win during the kickoff weekend, a match that, in case our listeners have forgotten, you guys dropped the doubles point in that match and are able to find four singles victories. Now, that one was at a neutral site in Miami, as we've alluded to earlier. This one, you get a home crowd in Ames. Talk to me about the matchup. Talk to me about the week of preparation. What's it going to take to get your team to the final site?
1: Yeah, no. Like I said, UCLA is a much improved team. Um, I've been very impressed the last, like to, um, I'm kind of a fan of college tennis. so I like to watch a lot of matches, whether I'm at home or in the office and just trying to pay attention to scores and, uh, and matchups and, uh, you know, to be honest, they, uh, they're tough. I mean, you just watch how they battled, you know, in Durham. That's no easy task. And so I know that they'll be ready. We will get their best effort on Friday. And, um, you know, our our approach is the same as any. I've really tried to keep this group uh, light. And, you know, we're going to go play another match in the names, you know, we're going to, we're going to put it on the line, empty the tank and just go compete. And we're going to do it all together. And so honestly, that's almost verbatim. My, uh, my pre-match speech, nothing, nothing really tricky to it, but, uh, again, it's, it's worked really well. Uh, you just try to not make, enjoy the moment, you know, you're going to have this moment forever, win or lose, um, how do you want to approach it and how do you put your head on a pillow at the end of each day? You know, it's like I gave it my all in, in a win or a loss. So um, I think um, that that's kind of been our approach and that's how we'll we'll kind of take it into Friday, if you will.
0: Will there be rain dancing this week to try and get it indoors? Ooh, yeah.
1: There's probably about 40 <laughs> percent chances. So it'll okay. be a lot of fun tiptoeing, you know. I uh, I I think I like the natural element of playing outside, but yeah. you know we'll see what the uh, tennis gods kind of give us, and uh, again we'll pivot if we have to.
0: There's nothing quite like 52 degree tennis, in my <laughs> opinion. As a Midwest man, the lungs get a little burny, and you're just out there, and yeah, again that separates the adults from the kids. Uh, there's no so, doubt oh, cyclone
1: that. weather right there. I yeah, love that. I'll, exactly. I'll take that. And maybe a little little mist as well. Yeah, exactly. Great. Just
0: a little dampness in the air on the changeover where you got to keep the towel on the shoulders like that's midwest (laughs) weather i that's a home court i agree um well i am curious you know more broadly because we always get these questions whenever i'm out and about and you know again i want to ask the biggest brains in college tennis i have the chance to chat with all of you sweet 16 16 teams remaining good math alex is there a definitive title favorite right now in your mind wow
1: um this year could be as open as maybe any i mean you had two front runners and and probably ou um and texas at the end of the year but man there could be five or six or seven teams that uh, make that run you watch what nc state did against unc right in the final Um the pack is heating up and then i think the big 12 is, is as good as any um you know i think Georgia will get the the best effort from uh, Oklahoma, or same with Pepperdine and Austin. and um, same here with with us. So I think, man, it, it's open. I, I I think you, you know, I'm hoping the cyclones are are just destined for a run, right? And so if we if we do what we need to, um I'm a wholeheartedly believer that we could uh, be playing on that Saturday championship. And, you know, and so regardless of our Cedar ranking, um i just i think you could see runs um you know probably since uh vanderbilt back in um i forgot when they went at 15 Mm -hmm. you've seen some special stuff happen whether it's oklahoma state and tulsa right or you you know you have some of these um maybe non-blue bloods that are starting to uh you know make make some noise but maybe they have that belief from evidence from the last five to seven years so uh, to me that, that leaves it a little wide open. Um, but man, there are uh I know that's probably sounds politically correct, but um I really genuinely believe there there could be four or five teams that make that run, um, including the Cyclones.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's the right answer. I mean, look, I, I think the depth we see in college tennis, that's the story. This four-year run, like we're all going to get Same. to the 2025 season and we're going to be disappointed. Be like, oh yeah, like they're pretty <laughs> good. But like there was a world where this player, you know, again, I've seen Anika Yarlagata at seven, like that, that was two years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. so uh, like, it's a new era. Um, You talked about that belief. I probably should have asked this earlier. What did just seeing that success at the ITA indoors? Because I always say uh, – it's really stupid, but bear with me here. My, my junior year in club tennis, we lost in the quarters of nationals. And it was disappointing, but it was like, hey, like – We should have won that match. We got nervous. We've seen it now. Like, we have been here. We know what this final site is going to, you know, final days are going to take. And now we have the confidence to do it. And then the next year we go and win the thing. And after that experience, I just, I think there's value to seeing that being at the final site, and even if you take a loss, being like, okay, we've lost in this environment, but now we know this is why we lost, because this is that extra effort it's going to take on day three to get through that final hump. Am I on to something there? Like, Did just the experience of being there, playing the three days of main draw matches, what did that do for your team early in the season?
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, you nailed it. Alex, like for me, um, you know, as you start building a program here five years ago, you got it. I mean, if anybody tells you it's anything other than uh, uh, recruiting and getting, you know, players, that, that's probably one of the biggest things ever, sure. right? You can't win the Kentucky Derby on a donkey, so you you really got to, you know, you got to have you got to have players, right? But along with that, how do you build those players on the tennis side and team dynamic side? The last step, and I've probably came to learn and know this better is the belief. And you know you might preach that. And last year we um we went through some tough times as far as believing genuinely believing hey we can beat this team. We're not just playing the number 1 ranked Longhorns, right? Like we're we're here to we're here to win ourselves. And I was really proud that this group did take that step. I think you probably need a little evidence and maybe it was the kickoff weekend, um, that, that, that gave our, our players probably that evidence as much as you preach as a coach, uh, you probably need a little, uh, things to go your way uh, on the tennis side for uh, you to point to. Uh, so it's probably not all me or planting the seed, but it's them taking those reins. But belief is probably that last step. And when you, when you get that group, um, of, uh, of players and they are close with that team dynamic. And then you add that belief. Um, you add that last step. Uh, you again, special things can happen. And so a uh, big believer in that. And so I'm not always, you know, I think you, you take a step back. How do we get them to believe, you know, I like, uh, you know, this might be things you uh, put X's and O's on the dry erase board in the office. Like, how do we get here? Uh, and so maybe it's a lot of preaching. Maybe it is, uh, uh, you know, getting the four, three wins, but I think when you start to do that, that's when I think, yeah, it, it helps. And I think we use the kickoff weekend or the weekend before when we played Memphis, uh, Mississippi State uh, gained a lot of momentum going into Vanderbilt, Texas, uh, Georgia um, at indoors. And we've done a great job uh, just riding that through this whole season.
0: No, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned earlier the last two questions for you, or last three, because I got to do one bonus, of course. Um, (laughs) But you mentioned one Iowa State specific bonus, which you'll enjoy, I promise. Um, But, you know, you mentioned being a fan of the college tennis universe. And again, I want to ask you, coaches, you have a keener eye for things that we as fans and followers of the sport may be missing. Is there a team, a coach, a player outside of your program this year that has particularly impressed you? I'm sure there are many, but is there one thing you've been watching and you're like, damn, that has been really fun to watch?
1: Oh, man, that's uh, that's really good. Um, So. I, I love watching like total athletes. And so two people that come to my mind are still and and Chloe Beck, yeah. man, you watch them. I could watch them for hours. Uh, they're, they're super fun game styles. Right. And uh, they, they just battle. So um, and maybe that's because it's fresh in my mind, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, watching on Friday uh, with, with Beck, but you know, those two are, are to me super fun, but um, I, I, you Know, it might not necessarily be an individual, but watching just the storylines that uh develop, you know, and you kind of know maybe oh, this player or this team, hey, this is the history there. And you watch some of those matchups, um, that's fun. It's like, oh man, like I could, I could, you know, make a bag of popcorn and I can't wait to watch this match. So, uh, for me, uh, I love the season, I can't wait to get uh, it's sillies of it sounds on Twitter after some of our matches. Like, oh man, who won this match? Yeah. Um, I'm diving in. <laughs> I'm diving in, so I'm as much of a fan as I am a as I am a coach, I'd say.
0: No, I it's why people I think enjoy following your team because that enthusiasm permeates through everything. And look, obviously you've had a I gotta do some Capital J journalism here. Uh <laughs> a rare moment, folks. Drop your jaw. Um <laughs> I just you know again, I would i get so much grief if I didn't ask the question. There's going to be a lot of coaches hanging out at the bar in Orlando. It's going to be a really fun time. I'm very much looking forward to eavesdropping on it all. Um, hopefully, maybe even <laughs> an invitation or two. Um, and look, your name's going to come up for a lot of head coaching openings, given the success you guys have had in these five years in building what you've built at Iowa State. I'm sure you're trying to block a lot of that noise out now. But what does it mean to you to hear your name put in those conversations? And again, just your pl- how are you feeling about your your place in coaching right now uh in your career?
1: Yeah, no, it's a super honest question. I mean, um yeah, I mean, I'm flattered if if my name is thrown around. Um, you know, I think uh it's been really cool to watch what we've built here. Uh, I think a lot of people didn't think uh, that maybe you could win in Ames or make a tournament in Ames, uh, but um, kind of rolling up our sleeves and uh, getting people that believe and and making your vision stronger than maybe your limitations. Uh, man, that's cool stuff. Um, and, and so I, I don't think I have any intention to leave. I mean, my son was born here. Uh, my, my oldest son was born here and his middle name is Ames. And so, um, you know, you, you've built something really special and you have this group um that is accomplishing amazing things and this is this is your baby um, so very flattered if my name is thrown around, but I uh, definitely have no intention of leaving because um man, we we've planted roots here there there's something special going on here, and I want to build this puppy uh, you know as high as we can. and um, you know, how do we how do we even take it a step further? Uh, amazing what we've done, but uh, if you rest on that, then you're probably not uh, you're not uh you know trying trying to continue to create something special. so uh, amazing that we've made a sweet sixteen. I'm hoping we're gonna make a run here, but, you know, in the future, three, next two, three, four years, how do we align ourselves with big 12 titles competing again for final fours, national championships. And people might be thinking I'm crazy. Oh coach. Like you can't be thrown around that, but maybe they thought I was crazy two or three years ago as well. (laughs) So, um, you know, I'll keep being, you know, I think if you're 70% unrealistic and 30% realistic, I think that's a good balance for me.
0: I just have to assume something as clever as Ames as a middle name. That's Whitney's idea, right? Because
1: that's really uh, good. Yeah. She's the brains behind the operation, 100%. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Like, uh, I just get told what to do, and I, I'm very agreeable. <laughs> she says,
0: give me the birth certificate. I've got the middle name. It's a <laughs> right. yeah. Write it down, honey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly right. She's like, hey, A-M-E-S. Just let's be yeah, clear. That's, yeah, that's, that's uh, exactly, right. Uh, so that's, that's exactly no, right. That's awesome. Well, then my last question for you, last home match. Cyclone Nation, I know you want them out there. And to anyone listening, I believe the match is match time. I Sorry, I don't have to draw top uh, of 1 p.m.
1: 1 p.m. Friday Central Time.
0: Beautiful. 1 p.m. Friday Central Time. You got to get out there. For people who haven't seen it, maybe my favorite thing I've seen all year long, you talk about how your team gets hyped before every match. There's going to be noise. There's going to be dancing. You now have a five-month sample size. The best breakdown. Who does it? Iowa State team who should we be watching because I know everyone gets creative but come on five months there's got to be an MVP
1: um you're saying on our on our play uh out of our players
0: yeah who's breaking down the best breakdown move oh, before man. a match
1: let's see On a power pose circle oh man <laughs> there's some yeah. good ones um, I'm going to have to, you know, it might not even be one of our players. Is I think Kenna? our associate head coach, it's Kenneth. There man. it is. She'll, she'll get in it and she'll she'll bump somebody. It's usually somebody different, but she's coming across the circle hard. She's going down in the paint and it's like somebody's going to get bounced around. So, you know, I got to give a shout out to our associate head coach, Kenneth, because uh, she, she gets after it. She's 110 in. <laughs> she's,
0: she's the best. That's the right answer. Let the record show. It's just both of you guys get in. It sets the tone. And Again, it speaks to the enthusiasm and why you guys are having the success that you are because it's when college tennis is fun, it is so fun. And you guys make it really fun in names, obviously, for your players. It's a joy, I'm sh- I know, for us to watch when we got the chance to do so at the indoors. And I know it's been a joy to follow all season long. So sincerely, Coach, congratulations to you, the entire program on the season you guys have had. But it's not over. And I know we're all looking forward to seeing you compete at the Sweet 16 uh, in the Sweet 16. And I know you have individuals going. So no matter what, I will see you down in Orlando, my friend. Thank you for taking the time to chat today.
1: Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate you having me. And again, thank you for all you do for college uh, tennis, man. It, it matters. So uh, privileged to be here. But th- thank you. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate it.
0: Uh, of course. Good luck this weekend, coach. Hey, thanks. Hope all of you enjoyed this edition of our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 press row. A massive thank you to every player and coach who participated in this series. We're all excited for the home stretch of the 2023 NCAA season. Hopefully, these episodes help all of you feel more prepared for the impending action. Speaking of which, if you need to catch up on anything that's happened in this NCAA tournament, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, we'll have episodes of the deciding point, recapping everything that happened to date. Of course, we'll also have coverage of the Sweet 16 Friday, Saturday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We'll have coverage of the quarterfinals of the D1 event. We're also going to start to work in some D2, D3 coverage as well. So rest easy, college tennis fans. We have you covered with coverage of everything that'll happen down the stretch of this 2023 season. Of course, a shout out here at Crack Rackets to the man who makes all of that possible. Our super producer, Daniel Westhoff, who has a f- of an editing job to do day in, day out. A shout out as well to our dear friends at turna for their support Turner tough best grip in the business you can find it wherever you shop for your tennis supplies today with all of that said for our fantastic guest our super producer daniel westoff our friends at turna and from all of us here at both cracked rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you've been listening to another edition of the cracked interviews podcast stay safe stay healthy talk to you all soon thanks everyone